Hey, everybody. What's up? It's your boy, MJ. Just wanted to uh, say a little something about this special content that we're bringing you from Hospice Darone and Paso Robles. Uh, these episodes are made possible by the generous contribution of Jeremy Lefford and Mel Burns. Hey, I'm MJ Taller, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. What's up? It's your boy, MJ. Welcome to the Winemakers Pod. My guests today are Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Jeremy Leffert. We also have Casey Naistenhouse. We have Matthew Burns. We're going to get him on the mic. He's a funny guy. He just drinks a lot of wine. He's not really... He's wine adjacent. Wine um, adjacent. And we got Jeff Cohen in the house. But he's, yeah, what happened to Jeff? I think he's talking his to his car, wife. His car's still here. <laughs> okay. What's, I can't believe this is happening. I know. Here we are. Paso. How long have we talked about this? Um... Well, we've talked Forever. about this since I was, you guys had me, I was, you're like the f- real first wine podcast I was on. Like you guys were, were peeping me on like like Instagram. July 2020, yeah. something? Yeah, it was back in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Because you hadn't, you hadn't launched? No, I hadn't launched. I just was talking shit. Like, you know, I literally said, well, I'm going to have a podcast. I didn't even have a producer then. What's I, a producer? <laughs> I think all of us in the room have been on the IG Lives. Yeah. So that's, yes. yeah. So yeah, yeah we all. Very cool, Jeremy. Yeah, we all have, um, we all like connected during uh, crazy pandemic time. Right. And I did an IG Live with each of you guys. Um, all three guys have been nice enough to send me wine and continue to send me wine. So that's a perk of a podcast. Um, but like. And so how is it that this all happened today? Oh, I we're here for Hospice to Rome. Oh. Yeah. Is, that, is that why I'm drinking a 1989 Sonoma Cabernet Cab Franc? Yeah, of course. <laughs> listen, we, what did we drink oh. last night, Jeremy? We had a bunch of Cabernet. Yeah, because we know we're just going to be, I hate to say it, but we're going to be roaned the fuck out by it. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of, there's a lot of Grenache in our future. Yeah. yeah. It's not like any, anybody anywhere in the world ever wants to hear anybody complain about that. Right. But it will be like, yeah, let's... Uh, so- so it's just going to be like it. normal oh, yeah. life, yeah, right. <laughs> right? I mean, right. let's be honest. That's, yeah. that's, I think 80% is, of the time well, Grenache 80, is what I'm drinking. It's right. 80% of what's grown in California, according to the Winemakers Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, it's going to be crazy. But yeah, so we, we drank fucking cab last night because we like wine. Yeah, we had one from Paso. We had one left bank. Yep. That's yeah. That's that's the that's the right that's we grab one bottle from France and one bottle from California. I think that's that's what we just did. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then a little piquette. Right. Piquette. The, the the piquette shout out to Casey Grable, the the piquette like off the road into the Casey Airbnb. Neistat. Is Casey Neistat like a professional athlete? Uh, I have no idea. I just rolled Who with the fuck it. is Casey Neistat? He, he rolled with yeah, I've changed your last name, bro. Sorry, uh, you'll have to change it. He has—he's the Grenacheista. He doesn't actually. Yeah, exactly. He's the he, doesn't, he doesn't need a first or last listen, name. Right. He is the Grenachista. Shitty wine memes got nothing on Casey. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Maybe he is. Maybe he is shitty wine memes. Yeah, or is he that Jimmy Suckling guy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're not, I'm dying to know who that is. 
<laughs> Hopefully they're here this weekend. <laughs> if you're not following Casey on... We're actually praising your prowess, man. Right. No, but for real, driving four and a half hours and then opening the door to a champagne flute of cold piquette is pretty much like... I was, I was life-saving. Yeah. You gotta it's made from garbage. It's made from garbage. You know about these... It's, it defies of... the rule of garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, magic out. Yeah. <laughs> There's some Swedish kids who do that. They make uh, some type of natural wine. It's all from garbage, leftover shit. It's not as good as yours. It actually kind of tastes kind of... Got that natural wine kind of... <laughs> yeah, this is garbage. Yeah. But that is really tasty. High praise. <laughs> High praise indeed. Hey, Casey, hey, your listen. wine's not garbage. Good job. Yeah. Gold star for Casey. <laughs> I'm going to ask you one question. Who's the big winner today? Casey. Casey, Casey wins. <laughs> not lowered expectations. <laughs> All right, so um, Jeremy. Yes. Welcome to the Winemakers Podcast. Welcome to the Winemakers Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Everybody is here in Bass Rolls. Finally, we've been waiting. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's What's the vibe been like this last couple of weeks? Sort of like gearing up to hospice around down here you guys have been all I mean, i'm sure there's been a whole lot of shit going on yeah i've just been really excited and putting a lot of things together for you know mj coming to town which you know my wife and i are real excited about and i'm like giddy about hospice coming back because yeah. you know 2018 was four years ago it feels like a really long time ago and that was an amazing experience and now we're doing it again yeah yeah it's good to be back to uh live events it'll be fun pouring wine for people um, trying to sneak out and taste everybody's wines. Um, That's so what we brought Kevin for. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin will be representing all of our wineries at different points during the next four days, or eight days, or eight hours of tastings we have to do the next two days. Jeremy, what's going on down here with um, uh, the vineyards? How are you guys looking so far this year? Uh, you know, all, all the things that we aren't thinking about in Sonoma, what's going on down here in Paso? Well, we're, we're like... I would say a normal year, we're a little behind. Um, you know, we didn't get an, uh, nearly enough rain this year, um, and it got quite cold a couple weeks ago, so things are low-lying areas, either narrowly avoided frost or have now gotten a little stunted, you know, and there's a lot of variation between varieties on, you know, how far along things are, but, you know, in Paso down here, it gets so warm, like, we really need to, you know, get up to that top wire by July 1, and... Um, like everywhere, right? But um, yeah, waters is going to become increasingly important, and it's a little troublesome. But uh, you know, it's farming. I mean, last year you guys got your entire year's rain in like one storm, right? Right, which was only a few inches. Right, that's the amazing thing. <laughs> um, it's like they get all of it, and it's not really that impressive. Yeah, and you know they call for rain, and we get you know a quarter inch. We got a couple good soaks in December and January, um, but not nearly enough. Yeah. yeah. So as a result, you know, we're going to have to, you know, get in there and shoot in a lot earlier uh, to conserve the resources we have. Um, and I haven't, you know, dissed or tilled in years as a, to just keep everything in there. So, yeah. Talking that way. The podcast guy and me had to do that. <laughs> Getting people to talk into microphones. Yeah, you know, listen, it's so funny. People don't want to hear, I don't like my own voice, but that's fine. But when guests come on, like, do you, do you first experience it? Like, 
Right, they, they stand way back, back or here. Or they do the thing like, it's, you know, you're in a conversation, you turn to the person you're talking to. Of course, to, right. But if you're with, the, you gotta like, the microphone is the yeah. axis of the turn right. and it's not your head. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you tell everybody where you wake wine? No, yeah, we, we haven't done it. What's the, the, the 10,000 foot ledge winery? Yeah, so Jeremy Leffert, um, director of winemaking. I know that's a... Uh, at Tooth and Nail Winery here on the west side. Um, I've been there for about seven years, uh, leading the winemaking. Did you say the wrong winery name? Yeah, yeah you did. You did. Okay. Yeah. Shout, uh, out to, shout out to Mark Adams. Isn't there a bottle of ledge uh, over yeah. there? Okay. I, I brought the bottle of ledge. Um, <laughs> That's was, the Mother Hips wine, yeah, right? The yeah, wine. Okay. I, the great label. I had to uh, figure I have to try it. So. California Solar. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so Tooth and Nail is fun. Um, we are medium size. We make everything from cool climate Rhones to, you know, Paso cabs and three different price points. It's a lot of fun. A um, lot of skews. Um, like we, how many skews? I think 45. That's a lot of skews. So we have five brands. We were branded as Rabble Wine Company, which you may have heard of. We sold Rabble at the end of 2020 um, to O'Neill. Um, so now we've kind of rebranded to the Nail Wine Company. Came out with a new series of wines, which were really focused on the on-premise. And 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 you kept your facility, right? Yeah. You guys have your own yeah, facility. We do. We just sold uh, the bulk wine, the case goods, and the intellectual property. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah, it was fun, and it was good for us also in leadership to kind of press the restart button and kind of retool our strategy and where we're getting fruit from, and so. And so, what, so speak to that. Like, what what is what is that? Where is it all Paso fruit? Is it? Go down south, Santa Barbara County. Yeah. Um, okay. Since it's you know hospice to Rhone weekend, we can start with Rhone's. Um, our Rhone program for Amorphite, which is kind of our higher end brand. I have the 2019 Grenache uh, here, which I think you tasted. I did. Um, Delicious. Thanks. And so that's uh, Murmur Vineyard, which uh, the owner of Tooth and Nail, Rob Murray, planted in 2007. Um, it's eight miles from the ocean. It's all sand. For the most part, especially where the Rhones are, so very well drained. We don't need a lot of water down there, um, so it really helps regulate kind of the vigor of both varieties. Um, and I love the Grenache on the sand. You know, you really get that spice box and orange peel and everything, and it's really fun. And it's been, you know, working with the same vineyard for you know seven eight years, as you all probably know, is like really. F- really uh interesting and it teaches you a lot about yourself as a winemaker and i've just uh the winemaking has evolved as a result um you know and what of, from of, of what you learn from the vineyard right yeah yeah and then but it was you know when i started in 2015 it was only a seven eight year old vineyard and so it, it's been changing quite a bit every vintage it moves from those that those those adolescent years into the teenage years a little bit. yeah the baby fat's gone it's it's uh which i i loved in the beginning but it, it's definitely uh given way to you know more elegance without just the power you know well, and will you go talk a little bit more about how the winemaking evolved around that like what you did seven years ago there that you wouldn't do now or maybe vice versa yeah so um let's see yeah seven years ago um no softball questions here, Jeremy. That's uh, all good. Uh, so you have to, yeah. The challenge asking a winemaker to remember what happened seven years ago. Stop throwing at my man's head. 
you know, seven years. Threatening MJ's I don't know, bed to sleep in tonight. <laughs> uh, seven years ago, you know, I was, you know, using a lot of. Um, I was doing mostly bin fermentations and aging both rones in barrique um, with quite a bit more wood than I'm using now. Um, over the years, small amounts of whole cluster, like maybe 5%, have made their way in. It's still destemming everything, but really uh, making a big switch to you know fermenting in concrete and larger wood and some um, headless punchins, which I really like, and now everything is put, getting put down to five and six hundreds. Um, that was a slow progression for me because I didn't, um, I didn't just go buy a bunch of neutral punchins. I was just buying them slowly, and it took three vintages right, to, to make the switch. The- um, really like that, and you know, I think that uh, the pHs that I'm getting off that ranch are, are really healthy. So I'm able to just you know get fermentation started as fast as possible, get through ML as fast as possible, and then. Just hold off on SO2 as long as I can. So sometimes, you know, a lot of the rones from 2021 are still without sulfur. Um, cool. And I think that that, um, it, you know, coupled with native yeast or whatever, the Uva firm that's flying around in the cellar, right? Right, right. Okay. Um, I think that really the delay of that first SO2 hit is really kind of giving me these silky, t- this great texture and... Um, and and do you think that's because without the sulfur, it's just helping the wine advance its aging, or do you think it's something in the reaction with the, or just you know the the lack of presence of sulfur? The lack of presence in sulfur is not going to dry out the palate, right? Um, and there's some polymerization that's going to happen before the SO2 hit. Right. Longer that happens, that's also the reason why we want to get I want to get through ML as quick as possible so aging actually begins. Right. Because it doesn't. It's not going to age until we're done because all that CO2 is being produced. And so when you, you're done with ML, you hold off on SO2, but do you give them a rack? Do you get them off the leaves no. or do you leave them? No. Yeah. Yeah. Just top and leave them. Yeah. Like really philosophically, like I want to get the fermenter bungs out as soon as possible. Right. Because that's where you're going to really sacrifice quality. Right. So. Yeah. Cool. That, that was a great answer. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was a great answer. But yeah, so we sourced from down there, and then like our lot, our Cabernet programs, which is probably sixty percent of what we do, uh, is from Pastorables, and then we've got you know Pinot and Chard from Santa Maria and San Lucia Highlands, doing a little sparkling from SLH, um, and then some other random rones from like San Inez and Los Livos. But those are mostly blending, blending grapes for me. You know, Mouvet and uh, Carignan. So the cab from Paso. Is is Cab typically more like East Paso? Both. East, east of the, oh, it is on west side of 101 also? Yes. Um, I would say, well, just look at Pastorables as a whole appellation, I'm guessing. You know, we ought to fact check this, but between 35 and 40% of all the vineyard acreage in Paso is Cabernet. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. I went to the map. It's, yeah. it's pretty high. It's higher than you would think, right. given that Paso is known for Rones. But, is yeah. most of the acreage on the east side? Yes, because yeah. that's where most of the acreage is. Yeah. Period. Right. right. Um, I think that the the west side, like Willow Creek, is unique because it, it it cools off a lot faster, and it's got you know limestone clay soils. Right. Um, Cab can excel. It does very well. Um, different stylistically, but then you know Rhone's are really kind of the hallmark. Yeah. 
Cool. Yeah. Cool. And how how is it that you guys, I mean, <clears throat> I've heard the podcast how you two got to know each other and whatnot, but for those listeners who don't listen to uh, both podcasts. Can you guys tell that story? How you oh guys man, it's fuck. It's, uh, it's Wait, so, it's, and if oh, if you're listening to the winemakers <laughs> podcast and at this point haven't listened to I, at least a few, <clears throat> all right, I, I, and watched I, some I, IG I, live. Okay, what, what, I, I I got you, but okay. but uh, but this is pretty good. The way you guys like actually connected. I mean, we just we told the story yesterday. I mean, it's just it's a crazy story no, because, no, like everybody else, like just the pandemic hit hard. We're still in the pandemic, by the way. Um, but the pandemic hit really hard, and did everybody you, was. Did you wear your mask on the plane? I did, I did. I, you know. Um, no, no judgment. No, no, I know. We were actually. I'll tell the story, but we were just talking about like it's going to be where people are going to start antagonizing you if you wear a mask. I can see I that, that coming. That happens already, right? Yeah, but I, you know, like. That's like making fun of a, a kid who's trying to read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But 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 um, so I did wear my mask on a plane. It was probably like fifty fifty, just like the country, you know, like you know, probably like the, it's probably the same as like the vaccination rate. And um, but Jeremy and I, so Jeremy, um, you know, I uh, MJ Teller, aka the Black Wine guy, that was the Instagram account. And how I met, same way I met you guys is like I was just taking pictures of the bottles I was drinking, and I love Rhone shit, and I was drinking all this baller shit from the Central Coast. Um, that's not a flex. It's just true. <laughs> um, you just have good taste. I, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I, I drink way above my pay grade. Way above my pay grade. Um, but uh, so that, isn't that why we're in this business? Ex- exactly. <laughs> is you got to find a back door. <laughs> um, and so uh, you know, Jeremy's like he's liking my stuff, whatever. And then he sends me a case of wine. Then he slides into the DM. <laughs> yeah. After he sends a case of wine. He, he he buttered me up, but um and so then I did these IG lives. I did one with you, Sam, yep. you Bart and Jeremy. Did one with Jeff over yep. here, um uh because uh I'm so grateful you guys are sending me wine. You appreciate my my thoughts on your wine and like well how can we pay it forward? How can we help each other? And that's where it was just it was just zoom 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 zoom. So yeah. like um so anyway, Jeremy um uh is super cool. So last year last around the same time it was last easter last was a week earlier but jeremy like it hit me up like in like january february's like what's your wife's name <laughs> what's your date of birth i'm, I'm flying you out here so jeremy you know everybody just got it we literally were sticking needles in our arm and uh you know the like the second flight i took uh after you know after not flying for a year was to to, to come out to paso robles jeremy hosted me took me to like the murmur video he said took me to tooth and nail the castle um tricked it out like did a whole dinner on the roof there it was amazing um and uh you know but we had become really close we're just bonding off our love of grenache basically you know and so by that time we were texting we would call every now and then you know and so and the podcast hadn't dropped you know well the podcast dropped by then but um so there's one day like he's out in the vineyard early out in the vineyard and he's listening to the podcast and uh, I'll let you tell from here, man. So when when MJ in like April of 2020 started switching from just these photos to Yo, bottle shots to yeah to like the selfie videos of talking about the wines, um, I was like, Melissa, that's my wife. I know this guy, and she's like, No, you don't. <laughs> and, 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 and her story is like, she said, 
You think you know every black person just because they were there's only five in Santa no, Barbara. She, <laughs> she didn't say that. That's what I thought she, she would was say. Dead. But anyway. Um, so she's like, no. And I was like, no. I, I swear to God. I didn't even know his name yet. I was just like black wine guy. Right? And then... Is that was first? It fits. Ever? Anyway. Um, so I'm like, fit. you know what? He he used to shop at Trader Joe's in Santa Barbara. And she's like, no, he didn't. I was like, no. Because that's where I like, those are my formative wine years. And I was like, we used to goof off. And I would like talk to him about these wines I was tasting, you know? Wait, you were, uh, you were working at Trader Joe's. Yeah, that's where I discovered wine. Was, um, go, man, go. Yeah. And anyway, so then the podcast came on. It's like gearing up. It's It's harvest. So it's like 5 a.m. I'm down in Santa Maria, um, you know, which is an hour south of here. Um, and it's the first time that MJ's, you know, fucking voice is in my head, just hammering my eardrum I for like am an in hour. Your head. And then it is like, I have a really good memory. Me. <laughs> so I pull over and I'm like, that's it. I pull over, I text him. I was like, hey, did you live in, did you live in Santa Barbara between 04 and 07? And did you shop at Trader Joe's Milpas? And he's like, yeah, every day. And then um, I was like, no shit. Uh, and he's like, did you work there? I was like, yeah. We used to goof off in the wine aisle. I was like, and then I said, I was like, there was a, I was like, there was a, there was a brother. There's a black dude. He had dreads. Uh, he was like the team leader. He's like the captain. And he's like, that's my boy, AJ. He's my best friend. He married me and Melissa. <laughs> yeah. So. So you really did. You knew the two black we, guys we, in Santa Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there's one other. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I counted five when I lived there. So, but like, let me back up a little bit because it was the pandemic, and I think, like, I'm sure we would have been connected eventually. Yeah. But I think the pandemic accelerated all totally. that because remember, like, we're in the wine business, so we were all very fortunate to have these jobs during the pandemic. We're like, I, I don't, I can't speak for everybody, but my job was relatively unchanged. Luckily, we got through it as a company and continued to sell boxes, but like, I didn't have to wear a mask at work. My team was super tight. We were being safe outside of work. It was fine. Such a small team. But all of us, I can speak for all of us, were missing that outside connection with other people. We weren't traveling. Some of us weren't even seeing our families. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Jeff, who's from you know Baltimore, right? I'm from Maryland, yeah. Yeah. Like, you probably have family back I there. I have seen my sister in over three years. So that kind of thing. So I became even more reliant on just connecting with anybody. And, and social media was an amazing vehicle for That's that. Right, it really worked during the yeah. pandemic. And so really Melissa and I weren't traveling, uh, really wasn't driving anywhere. So all of a sudden, I had more disposable income. I mean, I drink more wine than I probably should, but <laughs> I was just like, did. Oh. We according, just, according to who? <laughs> according to who? American Medical <laughs> Association. <laughs> yeah. you know, this is not like for all of us, this is not a job, right? This is our life. So it's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to like learn some new recipe and open like four Shatnoffs tonight. Yeah. And then sometimes Melissa and I would finish them. Yep. And but you know it was it was actually I'm very uh, like so blessed that um, you know I made it out unscathed and actually like you know got closer to some people and like made this incredible friendship out of it. Yeah. So yeah. Same with you. I like I I don't know like but for the pandemic I mean I don't know if we would have connected. No. You, you know I mean not not like we wouldn't be here today but for the pandemic. Yeah. And then and Jeff heard me when I was on your podcast like that I like that guy <laughs> and I, yeah, we clicked you know. 
It's amazing. Well, and let's like be totally real about it. This is the first time we have ever physically been in the same room together. Yep. Right. And it's like, but we're like old friends. Exactly. And and that's just the, would have never it would have never happened in without the way that happened the without the without the last two years like forcing these sort of like new ways of creating these bonds, right? Figuring yeah. out how to talk on a computer. Right. Figuring out that first episode Just that we never Jetsons, recorded. Man. Sorry, sorry, CV Winery. Well, this is also one of the pillars of why we're all doing this, because it's wine, and this is what wine does. Yep. Right. Yep. You know, it's like, Conversation. I'm going to remember this forever, and like when I'm up in Sonoma next, I'm going to hit you guys up. It's just like, better. we're all, you know, it's, I love this stuff. It's, I would do it for free. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean that's just an I, sometimes I, we do. That's, 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 technically, I think I do do it for free. I mean, objectively, you know. Uh, wait, you're getting paid? What the fuck? I mean, and, and are you hiring? I was a Jeremy stayed at my house, right? He I suffer out. from like imposter syndrome, <laughs> wicked. No. <laughs> But you know, I mean, he stayed. He stayed at my house. You know, I spent my birthday with him. Baby. He was he was out east. He had him on the podcast. It's great. Wait, like. Can I? When you you were only like Trader Joe's acquaintances, though. You wouldn't. Yeah. Like, you didn't like, like. No, I would just go in and you'd shoot go the in. Shit. You'd shoot the shit, but there was no like hanging out, having glass no. after zero. zero. It was like because you were fucking working, you were trying to go to Trader Joe's, and, and I was going to Trader Joe's, and I love talking saying, about wine. He's not bad for a white guy. Yeah, I was like, right. I said no. I actually said he's pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> Um, so, um, but you know, like now he's a friend, like you got, like, I feel like I know you guys because I've seen you on the screen so much. Right. Right. So like, it's just like, Hey, what's up? You know, it's like, and that's the whole concept. My podcast is we're a bunch of old friends, catch them over a bottle of wine. Now I don't know 90 plus percent of my guests, but by the time we're done two hours together drinking wine, we're going to be friends. Right. And if, and if we're not. You're a dick, so <laughs> yeah. You're not. You brought a shitty bottle, exactly. and I didn't really like you that exactly. much. <laughs> I don't think I, I haven't heard yet the episode where somebody brought a bad bottle. Nah, nobody's brought it. I mean, I I've had some psalms bring, and I call it interesting bottles. They're not bottles of wine I would buy, right. but they're not flawed. As long no one's ever brought a flawed wine or a shitty wine, they're, and I've been introduced to varietals that I wouldn't have tried and I love that because that that is part of the game I mean I just love drinking my Rhone shit but I you know people always say all you drink are high alcoholic wines well I like Rhone wines and Rhone wines like get high in alcohol okay but I I don't post everything I drink because then people would think I drink too much <laughs> well it's it's not because they're <laughs> you know what's great about Rhone's is like they they they, they hold on to their freshness for you know a lot of climates you know and that's what that's one thing, the verve and the tenacity that these varietals have is why we're, I think, just freaking out over them all the time. Right. And isn't it amazing how long it took for us all to get there? I mean, you know, it, it, just for sure, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, we're going to put this out on both platforms. Like, Bart, man, like, how long have you been in the business, man? Well, I, I mean, my first harvest was 86, but the first time I ever started really hearing about Roan varieties was probably you know, 1990, mm. and there wasn't very much available in Sonoma. Syrah. It was Syrah, you know, and maybe there was a little bit of Grenache or a little bit of Mouvedre. If they would have only known that they should have planted it the other way. Yeah. You know, and then and then when I worked for the Benzikers, all of a sudden we started getting things like Bien Nacido Syrah, 
and we started getting some stuff from uh, uh, Shell Creek, some rum stuff out of Shell Creek oh, yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden things started uh, like opening up, you know, for me, like, well, why aren't these up in Sonoma and stuff? So, um, and then it was the trip to Chateauneuf that... When did you go to Chateauneuf? 92. Okay. 92, yeah. Yeah. It was cool. I wish I knew now what I knew. I wish I knew then what, what I, I know knew now. now. Isn't that a song? I yeah, love, I, dude, I love that feeling that you just gave me where I just fucking feel so young. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I... I I know, look how I know. fucking old I am. No, 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 no. Sam was born no, the year I, I, feel, I graduated I, high school. No, I, I, I feel like a complete rookie again, and it's, that's what's so cool about wine. Because, like, you know, there's all these experiences and learning. And like, people... I was, know, I was, like, I was collecting other, no baseball cards when you were doing yeah. your first vintage. Yeah. Yeah. And to, to not, like dispel the myth that everybody who's in wine knows everything about wine, right? There's nothing like... I can't tell you how many times I've had a fancy psalm at some place and I'm looking through his book or her book and I pick something that I want and then I completely butcher the pronunciation and know nothing about what I just ordered. Absolutely. And, and that's just like... there's We will... You know, we're going to try 50 wines in the next 48 hours that you've never heard of. From places you've never heard of. I'm gonna try 60, you know, I'm gonna try 150 from things that you were like, have waited four years to try. Yeah. But there's gonna be somebody, a surprise, you know, or five or 10 or 25 in that, in that hall, um, you know, tomorrow night and the next night that you would like totally change what you thought you knew. Well, and the other thing is, yeah, then you get to have a conversation, you know, at this tasting with the winemaker or the owner. And you learn something new or you're posed a question that makes you completely rethink what it is that you're going to do with your wines, right? Like, you're not going to change everything, but don't you do something new every year? Yes, right? absolutely. And where does that come from? It comes from inspiration from somebody else. Right, stealing, a, stealing or, a good idea from yeah, somebody else. Was that, was or that from a, a mistake that you made Picasso that you want to learn from. Like, well, yeah, right. Great artist steal. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I play a lot of music. You know, not professionally or anything, but I've been playing since I was a kid. Um, and it, 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 there's a lot of, you know, parallels with, with music because it's like, um, you know, you emulate who you respect, right, to learn. And you, and you learn and you copy. So some of these trials and things I experiment with, yeah, they come. Other times I learn something from someone else that is an idea that I just sort of plug into this little slot for something new, you know, like... We started doing trials years ago, three vintages ago, you know, just like, why are we adding SO2 at the crusher? Why? Because someone told you to do it. No, because before. it's like, oh, you're going to prevent it from spoiling. It's hmm. like, well, how much SO2 do you have to add to really do the job? So, and now we don't do it. Yep. Zero. You know? And nothing terrible happened. No, because, no. In fact, <laughs> things probably got better. But yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think about all the things that when I started were like the points of you always do this mm-hmm. and then how I went to work for another company and some of that stuff was completely blown out of the water and we only do it this way and it makes you question it, right? And then you go on to your next place and someone else is, you know, take you down another way and then it's a matter of for yourself when you're in charge or it's your own brand then you have to weed through all that stuff you learned and figure out what works for you yeah one thing that like 
that is almost like at a biblical level for me is like if someone asks me a question and they ask why do I do something this way and it's like that's the way I've always done it. It's a wrong. That's a fucking red flag. Yeah. Like like if, if they need to explain audit it to you, that shit right. and figure it right. out. They need to explain it to you. Like that's the worst answer. That's like when your parents say because I told you so. Right. Like what the fuck does that mean? I was that kid. What does that mean? You told me so. <laughs> but why? You know. Um, and you know that's kind of what drew me to wine. What you said is like you're always learning, right? Like you can't know it all. You can't know it all, and that's the beauty of it. And it, it's mind-boggling. Like I literally don't even have words. I'm like shit. Like you, like you said, like I have this podcast, and same thing, man. I fucking can't say people's names. I can't say the wine. I'm, I say I'm gonna butcher your name. You know, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna fuck this up. Forgive just, me. I'm not. No, just call me Gary V. Don't yeah, worry about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's not a disrespect, but you know, uh, you got it's 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 just this, it's just this, it's a thirst for more. I think is what winemakers have, and not just more wine, just a thirst for more knowledge and and connection and and you know, it's just it's everything. It's it's science. It's art. You know, it's uh, it's it's um, it's a feeling. Also, it's, it, there you go. It's feeling. It's it, it's it, there's an emotion. It's very emotional. Um, and, and what I dig like is, is I think winemakers, you know, winemakers, you guys are the fucking rock stars of the industry, right? Like we know, um, you know, a lot of emphasis has gone elsewhere, you know, to, 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 uh, people in hospitality. I love hospitality people. I've had on my podcast, but like, you don't get to have a wine list without fucking winemakers. Let's keep it 100. Yeah. But you don't get to have a wine list without the grape growers. Oh, exactly, and let's, let's let's back it down, right? And what do you what do you do, Sam Katuri? Maya. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? I, I think I'm in hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not in grape growing. Uh, I don't no, wake up. I don't, is, I don't wake up early enough to be in grape growing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither do I anymore, man. I'm like, nah, I, you know, um, what do I do? I carry on a multi generational family legacy by being attached to this product and these plants in a way that goes back as many generations as we can see in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's like, that's, you know, I, I have a brand winery, 16600. We have a family farming business called enterprise vineyards. Um, I, I shouldn't say I have the brand. The brand is also the family's brand. It's it's my dad's winery. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the reason that it works um, the reason that it is what I do is because um, whatever else I did in my life, I was always the wine guy anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they got back to being in wine and reconnecting to the vineyards and really like it was stuff that you know, I always sort of like sort of intuitively knew, but actually realizing the connection between the vineyard and the what it tastes like um, is incredibly fulfilling and fulfills something like crazy deep in my genetic code mm. um, I tell this terrible hokey joke in the tasting room talking about being in the um, did 23 and me and I'm 7% Zinfandel um, <laughs> and, and but it's like it's really Ba-dum-bum. what it feels it, if they laugh I know they're joining the wine club <laughs> I just know it <laughs> got him you know on, on, on that what you say though Sam I mean like for me, the first 20 years of my career, I if I got out in the vineyard, you know, a dozen times during the year, 
during harvest, I was really fortunate because I was a slave to the seller. Like mm. I had a crew I had to run and that's where I spent my time. It wasn't until I like walked away from my day job that I got to actually start really spending a lot of time in the vineyard. And I tell you what, it's changed the way I think about everything with making wine. And, and that's because I feel like I know what's going on in the vineyard a lot more than just walking in two days before someone says, it's time to pick. You want to come and give good. us a thumbs up, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I like it. Right. Yeah. You should make some good wine out of yeah, this. I think, you know, let's, what do you think of the seeds? Oh, the seeds are browning up nicely. What do, you, do you think we ought to pick it on Tuesday? Sure. <laughs> no, nah, I can't get a crew here until Thursday. Sorry, Bart. Oh, no. You know, you push it around on your hand, <laughs> and you're like, it's time to go, guys. It's like, no, but all of the, the best winemaking decisions go down in the vineyard. It's like... Well, but let's be real. The best winemaking decisions go down in the vineyard, usually when you're, chip, you know, picking your cover crop, your cover crop, but your your rootstock and your, you know, source material for the variety and what direction you put the rose. That that's where the winemaking begins, right? I mean, Jeff Cohen in the Jeff house. <laughs> yeah. I gotta ding some glasses. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about this Pinot. Okay. Yeah. If if, is if this the same more Pinot the tasted like this, I would drink more yeah. Pinot. Yeah, so this is uh, 2019 Amorphite Pinot. Um, this was, this is Pomard 4, 6, 6, mostly Pomard 4 with 667 and a little martini. That color. All these stemmed, fermented, um, fermented, you know, spontaneously in headless punchins. Uh, quick ferment, about eight days, then put down to about 15% new for just 12 months. Yeah, I mean, it, the fruits there, <laughs> the chewiness, yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, that's like great. Like you said, if more Pinot tastes like that. I'd drink more Pinot. Yeah, I had this, um, <laughs> I had this a couple weeks ago with uh, Peking Duck. God, mm. it was killer. Yeah. Killer. It was so on point. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great uh, vineyard for Pinot. Uh, most of the ranch is planted to Pinot. Um, yeah, I love the Pomard 4 from this block. It's, you know, really pretty dried flowers. Um, and then once we made the switch to, you know, fermenting in punchins, kind of took the wine to another level, in, in my opinion, texturally. Mm-hmm. So Santa Maria Valley is one of the, um, I think there's three valleys in California that run uh, east-west, right? Most of the valleys in California run north-south. North, uh uh, I've always been told that Anderson Valley uh, and San, San Maria run well. So like the um, so Santa Maria Valley it goes east west and then it kind of bends south. Okay, you know because it's all a riverbed. Okay, yeah. and then like the hallmark vineyards like Bien Nacido and Sierra Madre are kind of in that east to west kind of spot and then it warms up as you get down closer to like the old byron and um, okay back behind that okay rancho real or murmur vineyard as we call it is actually on a north to south kind of tunnel um west facing the whole thing is west facing Uh, as a whole some of the roans are south like the syrah there's a lot of syrah that's uh, south facing and then um, some Grenache that's in this little like pocket, um, but yeah, it's it's a cool vineyard. It's it's uh, you know rarely above eighty. Hmm. So when do you when did you pick this? Uh, Pinot comes in. I start picking Pinot around the seventh of September, okay. and then it's usually a two week thing. I'm and then done. When do, you, when do you pick the Grenache and Syrah from there? 
uh, Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Uh, some sometimes as late as like November fifth, November sixth. It's uh, the Grenache is sometimes the last fruit I bring in, and it's usually you know twenty five and a half, twenty six bricks, but like three two. Right. It's great. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it needs a lot of sulfur. <laughs> yeah. Why did you uh, go? I, I recently found out um, I really love Pomard Clone Pinot. Why did you go? Why, why, well, do you know why Rob planted Pomard Clone? Because he liked it. Yeah. And it, it works. There's not very much Pomard at that vineyard. There's three blocks, maybe about 10 acres total. Um, this is uh, a great block. Bring that over here, Bart. Yeah, this is that the the pomard's got all that like mid palate goodness. Yeah. Yep. You know it. Um, you know it, it's uh, it's it's just got like I said. It just keeps it keeps its weight just nice. You know. Like, mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So what's going on with you guys, man? Like, how's how's your bud break been up in Sonoma and everything? Uh, early. Um, for sure early and there's definitely places that got hit pretty hard in the frost in the last week or two yeah. um, the the I think our that Marsan uh, the yeah. Simon's Vineyard Marsan's probably toast for the year mm. um, yeah looks like Bedrock had some damage that Morgan yeah, was posting yeah some of the low spots he posted some pictures yeah um, so definitely like the things that make you worry when you have early bud break, frost, rain. But the crazy yeah. thing is, is the frost, like up at Simon's, like, you know, it's, it's way up on top of the mountain, you know, but it's, it's one of those little low pockets yeah. that, yeah. that the cold air just sits in. And if it's not moving, it's not moving, right? Mm. Um, Jeff, what are you seeing out there? Get on the microphone. Yeah, there's, a, there's some damage. But that being said, I, I, I'm happy to say rock pile is fine. So... It was nothing. I went up there the other day, saw nothing. Yeah. So, pleasantly pleased. Is but that a spot that you'd be worried about it normally? I would be okay. up there. There are definitely areas because it has a dip in the in the vineyard that it just sits. But right. everything was fine. The other vineyard I was worried about was up in uh, Amador in Fiddletown. Yeah. But it hadn't even been pushing yet, so uh, everything was totally fine. But they just got snow up there also, right? They did. But... But nothing's pushing. Nothing, nothing pushing. So everything's good. Sweet. Life is good. I'll have another glass of wine. <laughs> um, how many, I was telling Jeremy, how many fucking single vineyard wines are you making these days? Uh, I make 24. <laughs> that's not 42 SKUs. I no, mean, no, no, tw- tw- no. 24 SKUs. Yeah, but that's easy but, compared to what I did at Rosenblum, which was 70. 70. Yeah, I used to make 70 skews at Rosenblum. Wow. <laughs> that is maddening. It is, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, were the, like, bookkeeping needs less in those days? <laughs> like, yeah, the, I, I, the I filing so. of... No, because said, at that point, you couldn't everything just... Everything was on paper then. Right, it was all right. paper, and, like, when you oh, when you God, resubmitted really? yeah. for, oh, for yeah. label so approval... Trace, right? <laughs> right. Was, there was nothing, like, same not as an app year. for that. Yeah. But, you know, Ken, when I worked with Ken, he was so funny about it, you know, he's like, I'd be like, man, we got, we got like, four pallets sitting in the, in the cold room of the Carignan, and he'd be like, don't worry, it's going to be gone in like two weeks. And sure enough, it'd be gone. It was n- 
we never had any wine sitting around. It all sold out, which was the magic of Rosenblum at that time. Yeah. I, I wish it was the same way it is, to, you know, today. It's just a different world. Totally. It's And every six months, something changes, right? That's right. <laughs> it's like, oh, nope, we don't want that anymore. Yeah, nice. what's what's the biggest challenges you guys are seeing? Like, well, here's a challenge that um, uh, Jamie Kutch, who uh, shared the space with, he was saying that he ordered his glass six months ago, got notification, was on the boat, and then he got an email saying, "Oh, and by the way, the price has gone up," and it's on the boat, and he's like, "Well, wait a minute, the glass was this price then, and now it's this," and. You know, it all has to do with uh, fees and surcharges, Um, you know, time spent, you know, waiting to be unloaded and loaded. And so that kind of unknown, I think, is one of the challenges. You know, who knows what else is coming? I mean, the glass that I buy was normally $12 a case, which seemed like a lot. It is now $22 a case. Yeah. And I'm going to have to do something with that, right? I'm going to have to pass on that right. expense. You have to raise that price. And now with gas and everything. Oh, now to get a load gonna... of glass. Another couple grand. Yep. You know, when it used to be free. Yeah. Right. When you ordered half a truck. Right. You know, it was free. It's like now, it's like these, you get all these emails from our glass vendors, you know, that, uh, you know, the, you know, a red receipt. You know, you got to send. Oh, okay. I'm just like swipe left. You know, <laughs> I'll fight it later, right? But no, it's. I mean, the struggle is real. And you know what? Everyone's got to pitch in a little bit because it can't just be the supplier who just ponies up and takes it. Like, I mean, and we don't want to have to raise our prices to like our customers, you know? Because then, but we have to. We have to. Yeah, the Movet is kicking Burns. It's kicking right now. Yeah. We opened that about an hour ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's flying. I mean, who's going to take care of it, right? Who's taking care of us? You know, it just keeps going up and up and up. And, you know, even growers are going to have to start charging more money for, you know, if they're trucking, that's going to go up. Everything goes up. Tractor time costs more. Yeah. When diesel right. costs no, no, more. No. Everything goes up in price. You know, I mean, at least you guys aren't importers. I mean, the, the price of containers I've heard is like, tripled yeah like it's like it's insane um you know and um the other day in new york um uh, harman skernick he's a friend of mine he's an importer like he was in with like their rep from new york with a bunch of like <laughs> that was i mean that was that a flex no that was uh, you know is that a fl- i mean most listen i'm fun. like don't i know who harman skernick is except for like wine geeks we, we hang out with great people the the circle that MJ you know it's the New York thing we can't keep, we can't compete. I mean it's, they're, every name is a name that you ding on look the, at those guests. on the winemakers podcast no guests. I hang out with Bart right yeah. no most of those guests that he would You're never would never <laughs> if 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 you or me or Brian or John emailed Gary V saying hey want to be on our podcast. That would we, we, he wouldn't have said no because he would never would have responded. <laughs> right, that email got you know screened by seven layers of assistance. You know, that was a long. That took fucking nine months. That was persistence. Yeah, I, I bet. But I did have an in, so. <laughs> 
And it still took nine months. Yeah, it still took nine yeah, months. It still took, it took nine months and, and two reschedules. But, you know, so anyway, back he to showed up with a bottle of Shab, though. He showed up with a 2015 Shab Hermitage. Was it ready? Because I, no, I looked at a couple was, dude, it was, like teen Hermitages when I was pulling bottles. And I'm like, eh, they're not ready yet. I'm was, not bringing them down. It, it was. I should have brought it. Yeah, 2015 was. It was. It's, I would say it's how we like wine, man. It was it was on point. It was delicious. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I interrupt you. What right. was Harmon's name? Oh, I don't. Oh no, they had oh, uh, the containers. <laughs> containers. Yeah. We went off on a tangent. I'm like five glasses in now. Um. <laughs> yesterday was four twenty. That's what was the question? Welcome <laughs> to the winemakers podcast. Um, <laughs> that um the, the their the rep from New York was there with a bunch and uh, you know this is okay. Get your glass ready. <laughs> So like, am I, am I gonna have a bruised fingernail? No, nah, it was just, it's just like, I, you know, he he did a post and he, he, you know, was like, I was like, oh, Pascaline's been on the podcast. Robert Bohr's been on, like, it was like half a dozen alumni of the podcast were at this thing with the rep, and 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 she didn't get it. Like, like you know, they were like, they're like, you can't replace Chablis. Like, we make great Chardonnay here, but you, there's no, we don't make Chablis, right? You know, so, and and their whole point was, we're restaurant tours, we're importers. That tariff is hurting America. It doesn't hurt the French. They'll keep the fucking wine in France. Right, right, right. Or they'll send it to China, or they'll send it to fucking Germany. Hey, Kevin, did I put wine in the freezer? Uh, oh, yeah. No, no, here. No, you did. No, you <laughs> I took, did. It, I took the wine out of the freezer. Um, but, but that was the point, that, that those whole tariffs, and, and people on Congress need to understand, it, it's hurting us, the American consumer, and the American entrepreneur, the American business, and we're the capitalist country of the world, right? So, like, why are we not supporting... Um, all these uh, independent business owners. So it's good. I mean, that is the that is the bottom line because there's there is nobody at um, Gallo or Constellation complaining about you know they, not getting their bottles <laughs> delivered uh, with right. a surcharge, right? That's right. not that's not happening because they're making. Right. In fact, we're all buying Gallo bottles like, at this like point. I know. They I probably <laughs> like. I mean, and good for them. They probably bought a fucking container company. Like that's right. what that's what those big companies do. We'll solve the fucking problem. Right. right. We'll buy a bottling plant. Right. You right. know. We'll open a bottling plant in North Carolina. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> Casey Graybill sitting yeah. at the table. That's Hi, what everybody. Have all we needed, all we needed, was fifty million more dollars, <laughs> Jeff, and we could have pulled it off. Uh, they ain't coming from mine. I'm married to a CPA. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, a 2011 Vandal. I mean, I know that's not old, but um, it's tasting pretty dark. It's it's on yeah. point right now, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it's delicious. Totally in the pocket. Can anybody pronounce the name? Domaine Gru Nor Domaine Du Gros Nori. It's not. It's not Nori. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking Nori the rapper, sushi right? Wine. Exactly. <laughs> Good thing we had this one before we go out for sushi. <laughs> no way. No way. No nor. Well, is that an accent de grave or exact accent de goût? That's all I remember from French. I don't know. Is this is this winemakers podcast or is this the black wine experience? When it's we're, both. When it's we're not both. pronouncing the name right. Wait, 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 exactly. remember when, this is this is our podcast. Remember, right? remember when mashups were the whole thing? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Danger Mouse versus the Grateful Dead. Like, <laughs> I think I I think I downloaded that on LimeWire. <laughs> And like six viruses. At the same totally. <laughs> Killed that computer. <laughs> but my iPod was off the hook. <laughs> I, I personally miss Napster. <laughs> LimeWire, Napster. What was the other one? Kazaa or the. Oh. 
Why does every internet company have a... So talk about going off topic. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just commenting on you guys. This is off topic on brand. It's a mashup. Casey, that um, Grenache from Alder Springs is tasting really good, man. Right? Yeah. I mean, I love that vineyard. What's not to love? It's, you know, like surrounded by redwood trees and blackberry brambles and, and, bears. Finest, and bears and boar <laughs> and, and, and Bigfoot and, you know, yeah, totally. uh, um, probably a meth lab here and there, but it, it's just a no doubt. Meth lab site. and a grow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the meth labs are, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to. I love that you added to say They're a little more lo- Lake County than Mendoza. No, I mean, you know, more Lake County than Mendo County. We but. consider it terroir. <laughs> uh, so, man, I'm first time actually meeting you. Right? I, um, I've seen you on, on the, uh, the Grams. Yeah, the Grams. <laughs> right? The Instagram. Not that I'm very active on that, but I've seen yeah, you there when I there. check in every once in a while. Just posting some old family photos. <laughs> <laughs> many, <laughs> many different families. I know. I love it. <laughs> We need, you need to do one. Do a meme of me, please. I, people have asked me My that. My long-lost brother from disappointed. another mother. People have asked me that before, and they're always disappointed. <laughs> wait, wait, you didn't actually know Marilyn Monroe? No. <laughs> no, no, to like include them. Like, hey, could oh. you do this with this hat on from Scott Labs? And I'm like, all right. <laughs> they never posted on Scott Labs' website. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> but how did you come up with the concept, Grenache, Grenachista? Um, I, it used to be a different label. Okay. Um, it was my name, which is dumb. <laughs> um, and then in, it was just, you know, at the end of the day, it's you got to sell stuff. You got to sell shit. Yeah, it is the wine business. I tell you, it is the wine business at the end of the day. So it was marketing. Um, and honestly, what it really, if I look back on it, it was Instagram, funny enough. Um, I was new to it, and this is like 2015, and my first uh, username I typed in the period Grenachista and it was available and I took it. Um, and then I was like, hey, that's kind of a, that's kind of groovy. And a bunch um, of other people kicked themselves in the ass for not coming listen, up with that. Listen, to your point, I don't interrupt you, but like same thing. When I, I got on Instagram with uh, the black wine guy in 2017, I was like, how the fuck is this still available? Right? Y'all some stupid motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Talking about you're the chocolate song, the, right. the mocha latte song. <laughs> <laughs> you black motherfucker. <laughs> you are a black white guy. Good chase. Exactly. <laughs> I could not believe it was available. I didn't even have to put a dot in it. <laughs> I, I did have to put a dot in it, but the the white guy winemaker was not was not available. <laughs> um, <laughs> That reminds me of that scene in American Psycho where they compared the cards and they're all fucking white. They're talking about, no, that's eggshell. <laughs> Smoky. <laughs> um, and then uh, it just, just kind of clicked. And then I went and saw that, well, everyone knew, knows that the, the Grenachista is a, I guess not everyone knows, but wine people know that the Grenachista is an organization in, in the south of France that promotes Grenache as a varietal where they don't usually talk about varietals. Um, and I uh, figured that that was a pretty cool thing to go in with the st- with what I was doing. And the, the old label didn't tell the story. And I was like, hey, this tells the story. Because it was always about Grenache and Grenache Blanc. So why not 
be like, hey, this is about Grenache. This Grenache Blanc is pretty banging, man. Right? Wow. That's, that's our, our single estate vineyard. Um, used to be called Mathis Vineyard, but I have a red wine called Mathis Vineyard. So I gave my six-year-old daughter the uh, opportunity to name it, and henceforth it has been called Kitty Face Vineyards. <laughs> I love that. Which also surprisingly wasn't taken. It was not taken. <laughs> well, I got to back up. Well, if you mention that, I got to back up a little bit because their actual first choice was Phoenix's Lair. And I was like, Somebody. Griffin's Lair is a little close to that, and we don't need a cease and desist letter. So what's your second choice? <laughs> Griffin's Lair has many more vines to, uh, <laughs> to sue over than... Right. 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 But, you know, six, six-year-olds have a, a great sense of uh, creativity, and I was like, let, let's let it ride. And Kitty so, Face Vineyard, is it actually on the bottle? Not on this one, but it will be on the next one. I wasn't ready to tell Henry Mathis that I was renaming his vineyard in Kitty 2020, because um, I didn't, just didn't know him that well yet. And now now he's aware, so it'll be, and henceforth be Kitty Face Vineyard. The, the Carbonic Grenache Blanc, which is off the same site. Went to Kitty Face Vineyard, but this was bottled, what, a year ago. So uh, farming is new for you. Well, I mean, my degree's in fruit science, so. Right. But, but I, actual farming is new for you. Um, actually, have farming my own vineyard is, is new to me. And, yes. and are you enjoying it? No, it fucking sucks. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it's romantic. It's amazing to, like, see the product end start to finish. But I'm the one doing all this, and so it's difficult. Yeah. Um, I'm pruning, I'm tucking vines. Um, I, I could probably hire a vineyard manager, but I don't want to. I want it to be start to finish. And so, yeah, my hands bleed, and, and I'm out there on Saturday and Sundays, and it, it's not the best. <laughs> yeah, I think that like a lot of people like um, have this real... And wine is romantic, but they have... It's just uh, this heightened sense of romance about what this business is. And, and like... Can we shatter that? Exactly. <laughs> I, I try. I try and tell people. You, listen, man. Fucking, I would never work in a vineyard. That is hard, motherfucking work. It is. I'm not doing that shit. Yeah. And the reason why I I really you know didn't do like the whole hospitality is like I don't want to deal with hoity-toity people and you have to eat shit, right? Like, there's a lot that goes on that people see a movie and like, oh, it's so romantic. I'm like, no, bro. <laughs> That's not how it goes down. It is romantic, though. I mean, what we do, what we do is, is we ultimately create, yeah, romantic. You're right, 100. And I may bitch a little bit about bleedy hands, but you know, it's it's really cool to see a vineyard from start to finish that is yours, and you touch every vine, and that that's a really cool thing. It just sucks on Saturday mornings when I'm running yeah. down there, and, like, and I'd say you, you nobody which, ever said that romance was easy. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. I was gonna say it's not. It's just that. You really have to love it, and you have to be committed to, to creating something, and that's uncommon in this world. Let's be Dumb. honest. <laughs> <laughs> terrible idea. Yeah. What the fuck was I thinking? Should have stayed in the PR firm. <laughs> <So Fuck>. like, <laughs> I mean, the, ultimately, you know, this is, is a business. So at the, at the end of the day, I don't pay anybody. I pay Henry Mathis a dollar to, to farm that vineyard. And so the fruit that comes off of it is is free to me. Mm. Um, I do have to pay to have it picked. So I mean, in the big picture, if you're talking about the romantic vision of, of a business, I mean that's that's beautiful, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get whatever comes off that vineyard, and it's two and a half to four tons for free. Yeah, yeah, right on, man. 
Right on. The most expensive free. That's right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, you're right. It's not. Wait, wait, right. It's not free. It's yeah. not free. It's but not free. freedom um, is not free, fellas. No, <laughs> Let's remember but that. It makes, but it makes your margins look pretty good. On a spreadsheet, yeah. it's free. It's great. It's, just, <laughs> it's great in QuickBooks. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Not, not in this wine industry. Right. And well, you know, with doing that, though, I can fuck around with the fruit. Um, you know, I still have to, I don't have to, but I'm going to make a traditional Grenache Blanc, which we have here. But in 2021, um, I threw a ton into a fermenter and did a carbonic Grenache Blanc and just to see what happened. And I, that is an opportunity that is built by that. I don't have to worry about fruit cost. Yeah, I'm. I, that would must be. I'd be excited to taste a, a carbonic Grenache Blanc. Man. It was really neat, but it's gone, which is a great thing. <laughs> well, listen, as a, I, I don't do what you guys do, but like, as you, you like nothing better than selling all your fucking wine. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> is it? It's. It's not like going to be orange though. It's not going to be oxidative, right? It's orange, it and you know orange. what? With Grenache Blanc is that it's so easy to oxidize. That right. this was kind of the way I thought up of like, how could I do an orange wine? I'm not a huge huge fan of orange wines, so how could I do an orange wine that might appeal to the people that like that? I I got to back up a little bit here. I'm hemmed in pretty seriously by what I'm doing. Like yeah. I'm, I only yeah. have two varieties or yep. three: Grenache, Grenache Blanc, and Grenache Gris. Um, so what has ended up happening is that like, what can I do with this? Like how far can I go? Let's just try stuff. Um, where if I had a bunch of varietals I could play with, I probably wouldn't be doing this, but I, I'm in a, in a beautiful way. I'm, I'm guardrailed into what am I doing? So now I'm fucking around. And so it keeps like, you from getting to 70 skews. That's for sure. I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, hey, that's a good point. This man has a lot of skews. Already. Yeah. A lot of Grenache skews, but that comes from, you know, messing around. And right. so I had an extra, I didn't really have an extra ton, but I was like, I'm going to take a ton and mess and try this because I Grenache Blanc, uh, oxidizes really easily. I'm not a huge fan of orange wines, but there are people out there that love my wines that would be interested in it. And I like, mm. I've been making a carbonic Grenache Noir for three, four years now. So why not try that? And that will be a way to cure the oxidation problem with Grenache Blanc and get something weird. And it ended up being an orange wine, even though, I mean, it wasn't like fermented on its skins like you would think a normal orange wine was, but um, it still ended up orange because it, it also did ferment on its skins. right? <laughs> So I, I got a question for you guys as winemakers, like, because um, Casey, you have a, a paquette that's in cans, and and Sam, your sixteen six hundred released a, a primitivo in cans. What what do you guys feel about the can? I mean, obviously, like, what do you see is the advantage of that? Um, is it is it just purely and there's nothing wrong purely like feeding a, a, um, a niche in the market now, or or is is there some serious longevity going on with the the cans? Like your paquette is like. I'd rather have that than a fucking beer. Like, it's perfect weed wine, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's the bubbles, acid, yeah. just cut, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's, uh, for me, I, I can't speak for Sam, and I'm, he's going to jump in here in a minute, but I wouldn't really put a wine in the can. Yeah. Paquette's a little different. Yeah. Um, because, well, there's both winemaking and business reasons that it doesn't progress, you put it in the can and that's it. It's done, right? It's done. It, so if you did that, it'd be a real, something that you'd have to sell within the year, and that's the business end of it. Is that if you can something, it's you got to move it within that year, and and then after that year, you're you're, you're in trouble. They give you a year. Basically. They give you a year. The, the the 
ball corporation. You send them, Guarantee you, fucking, you yeah. send them a sample, yeah. and they make sure that it's chemically suitable for their can, and then they guarantee it for a year. So, I mean, and those people who have held on to our first release of the Primitivo from, from you know, 2020, Kevin Burns is raising his hand over there, um, and and we opened one on canning day yesterday, and it still it still tastes pretty good, and it still has the, you know, holding on to fruit. Um, you know, we canned it on May 5th, 2021. So on May 6th, are you going to open that can and it'll be bad? I don't Probably not. Yeah. Um, f- for sure, I, I didn't put wines into it that um, needed to progress or that would, you know, they probably do fine in a bottle and progress, but um, they work in the can. Um, for me, the cans open up wine to a place where it's hard to get it. And not that it's hard to get wine when you're in the place, but it's hard to bring a bottle of wine to the golf course, the the pool deck, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, you know, because you know somebody's gonna break a fucking glass. It's not a party till a glass right, is broken, and totally. you want a glass broken at the fucking and, pool. And the other piece about it that I love um, is that it's a you know it's a 250 milliliter can. Yeah, it's it's a glass and a half. If you aren't committed to a whole bottle, but you want to share, a glass if you're not of wine, committed to a whole bottle. Leave right. this podcast now. Right. Stop yeah, listening. It was enough Give to get me from your place to the girl on the tape. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> two blocks. That's it's a two-block can. Um, and, you know, if you had been drinking a bottle of wine out of a paper bag walking down First Street West... You'd pay all right. You probably would have been fine also, to, let's be honest. But, um, you'd be a bum. You have no money making hardcore to the curb bum. <laughs> bum. Straight up bum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's classy. Uh, it's organically farmed. <laughs> the thing that the cans do magically that bottles do not do is ship in the summer. Ooh. And and I can ship a case of cans for the cost of four bottles of wine. So all of a sudden, you know, these hurdles that we're talking about, we didn't even get in, you know, in our supply chain issues and all these, you know, expenses going up. Shipping is up. Shipping sucks, and it's way more, you know, 40% more expensive than it was this time, you know, a year and a half ago. And so being able to, like, cut some shipping costs, deliver something, you know, all summer long when, you know, if you're in the DTC business, Mm -hmm. you know, cash flow can be dry that time of year. Mm -hmm. And, um, thank you. you know, sort of open up some of these things, and then there's a little bit of, like, a carbon footprint reduction there's like a little piece of that you know mining aluminum is probably not the best thing in the world but there's a lot of the aluminum out there is recycled so you know it's easy to recycle it's easy to ship it doesn't weigh a lot it, you know the truck driving up to deliver it you know it was a pickup truck you know they don't need a big truck so there's a lot of advantages to it um and you know i don't know it's good to have the other thing about it was most wine out there in cans sucks yeah because people think i'm putting it in a can i have to put the shittiest stuff that we have or find something cheap in bulk yeah um and yeah. so putting something that you know i would put into a bottle um to kind of like change that perception of it a little bit um i think is is important also because you know and it's a it's a needle to thread for sure because you know you gotta have something that's gonna taste good out of the can but mm-hmm. also um you know you know watch your costs and and um there's some logistical problems there too though so you guys had a canning truck at the winery yes so the the can van shout out to the can van they show up with a trailer and (laughs) unload a 
canning line set it up and, and what can they do and this may not be the venue for this but what could they do in a day how many cans can they bust out we did um we, we started we had a little delay in equipment it was on our end not their end so we started about 11 and we finished at four o'clock yesterday and we did um, 456 liter cases and that was your total production that was our total production okay um and so, yeah. you know, in uh, two-thirds of a day, two-thirds of a, you know, so in a, a full day, you can do 600 cases or so. So it's not yeah. it's not super fast. It's about 40 cans a minute. And that's um, not the equivalent for everybody out there to a nine-liter case of wine. That's a, like a six-liter six case, case of wine. Case of wine yeah. Yeah. 24, 20, uh, 24, 250-milliliter uh, cans. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely a little bit slower. Um, there are faster can lines out there. But the thing about this one is uh, uh, like a less than 3% loss rate. And I've heard some of these other canning lines that go fast, but your loss is 10, 15, 20%. So, um, you know, there's, there's, I was talking to a, a winemaker at uh, Joel Burt, Las Haras. They overfill them. Um, yeah, yeah, as I they can and through the and and he was talking like his loss rate and the first time they did it was like up to 20 percent. i mean remember those yeah. lines were built for beer and and yeah, beer doesn't they cost don't care. anything to make they don't right, care right so, well when i, I, I I'm, oh, fucking ipas what a racket 25 dollars <laughs> you fucking prove your label on a uh, crazy label laser printed right Nobody approves it. You don't have to worry about what boobies on it or right right and 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 a fucking four pack yeah Twenty four ninety nine. What a racket! <laughs> well, and I uh, for my paquette, I took it to because I had a little bit more than like a canning run would do. I did it at a place that's up in Sonoma that's Free Flow Wines, and they have a canning line, a high speed canning line. Yeah, Berms is saying it's worse than fucking like Old English to hang over from. Like you drink two fucking IPAs. <laughs> oh my god, so much sugar. <laughs> Sorry, Case. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. So you, you did it at Free Flow? I did it at Free Flow, and they sure have a thousand case minimum. So that really puts a, a kibosh on anybody trying to, you know, bottle a little bit of, or put right. a little stuff in can. Um, you know, it's just not practical. You're talking about three thousand gallons of, of liquid at that point, and that's a, that's a lot. Um, and they gave me a deal because it was, I was like the first one on that high speed line. Um, so did you do a thousand cases of Paquette then? I did seven hundred. Okay, so enough yeah. enough to get it under there. Yeah, they were. I was close enough, and it was new on the high speed line. Um, but I'm just getting at the point is that this is not a cost effective for for most small producers. So throwing something that's like a good product into a can like just doesn't happen a lot because in order to have that volume to get somewhere where you want to put it, you know, in right. a can. Well, and I'm, you know, I, they're not. I don't sell them at an inexpensive price. You know, it's thirty six dollars for four for a liter. Um, so, you know, it's not it's well, going back to my IPA thing, man. At least you're wine. actually, yeah, I mean, come on, that's but still, it's not, it's not, it's not IPA, not, right? It's yeah. not IPA money. Yeah, it's not IPA <laughs> that's true. It's not, it's not like we made this for five cents. And we're just <laughs> well, and the only reason I did, I went down that road is because Baquette doesn't cost me anything, right? Uh, you know, except for the package. So it, it wasn't a big deal for me, but if I had a product that was costing me, you know, 20 bucks a gallon and then i was turning around and trying to put it in a can i would right. be hesitant to do that <laughs> but you know I, I, maybe i got lucky we'll see but last year's was successful and um, you know, i did a little more this year and added the the white blend um 
and delicious. it's delicious. Kevin Kevin Burns approved. He's KB had, approved. He's had two already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> may may or may not have been on Highway 101. Um, <laughs> well, no, we pulled he over. said may or may not have been. <laughs> yeah, and no one really even knows it was not. you exist. It was not. <laughs> like, no one's ever seen you. You could just be someone that we talk right. about in the third person. We just allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, he's the foil. <laughs> this is Kevin Burns' first shout out on the Black Wine Guy experience. I know. <laughs> Kevin Burns. I I can't believe I met this guy in real life. He he made it. They murdered somebody. (laughs) How's that Lang and Reed Cabernet Franc? Oh my god, guys! Menthol for days. It's it's got menthol for days, man. Oh, this was yesterday's show. Yesterday's show. So I was slaving away on the canning line. Exactly right. Taking Instagram pictures while other people worked. Shout out, yeah. yeah. Um, This is uh, their. their California appellation, you know, a little more meant to be driven kind of uh, uh, everyday drinking wine, not necessarily meant to. I mean, it, we had a discussion of how it ages out and stuff, but, um, you know, bright and fresh and uh, very crushable. What, yeah, this is like one of the first Cap Francs I ever had when I came into business in the late 90s, man. And, and, and it's just it's just beautiful stuff. Yeah. Do we know where it's from? Uh, it's California appellation. So it's... Uh, it's a little bit of Napa. It's some um, Sierra Foothills. It's some Central Coast. Um, traditionally, it had been a North Coast thing, and then with fires and uh, supply things, this one has moved to a California Appalachian. Um, they do. A, he does a Napa Valley bottling also. Actually, he does a couple different Napa Valley bottlings. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, it's a good show. Um, uh, John. Um, was worked in hospitality and moved out to California. I shouldn't have shit on hospitality, should I? That's all right. He's a, he's a, he's a winemaker now. Nah, um, but moved out songs. in '79 and and worked for a bunch of people. I'm and sorry. Um, so he told some great stories. Wasn't about me. Some of the people he worked for. <laughs> all right. It's a good thing we don't do shows together all the time, MJ. <laughs> I, I know. I was well, never in well, a class with you. I think we'd have been I, in the back. Oh, dude, we'd have been in trouble. <laughs> Uh, by the way, you should join the um, What Phil Sent Me Wine Club. Then you could you could hang out with me and Sam. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and real comedians. <laughs> yeah, do this for a living. actually do this for a living. He's, Jamie's going to be here tomorrow. Holy shit. We need to work. Something's going to have to happen tomorrow night. <laughs> I pulled in some reinforcements for, oh. for the tasting tomorrow. So I got Jamie on on the table. And he he's, you know, oh. professional actor and comedian has no idea what he's walking yeah. into tomorrow oh, in that place. Snap. Yeah. Jamie is funny as shit. Yeah. Shout out Jamie Kaler. Yes. He's been on every television show. He's been, on, he's, been every, he's been on every fucking exactly. show. He might have been walking by in the background, but yeah. he, was he was on, on it. it. He was on it. Yeah. You know, the other day. The late person who is Jamie... Jamie, he's like, look at Casey being like a podcast. I was like, bring it back. He, he is a stand-up comedian and and Hollywood, you know, TV actor who literally like, if you pulled up his IMDb, it's like a, a it's like thousand scroll, shows down. that he yeah, was yeah. a one or two episodes on. Yeah. Uh, like a Tacoma Fire Department yeah, show Fire Department, that's yeah. like the most recent yep. like, sort of right regular on. role. Um, Casey's still wondering how it relates he just to put, I mean, he 16, put, 600. So, okay. we've been doing, so we've been yeah, doing so and we have one coming up May 1st. Yep. Um, we've been doing a virtu- Virtual Vinyl Sunday 
um, to sort of fill in some of the hospitality <laughs> gaps from uh, you know the tasting room where we would do these vinyl Sunday parties and have music and and food and you know people inside spinning records the whole thing. So we you know kind of tried to get some of that vibe and and put it online. Um, and so with Jamie's, he has a, a Facebook Live TV show called um, the, Parents the Parents Lounge. Lounge. Yeah. So sort of like presented by the Parents Lounge. It's on Facebook Live. <laughs> And Jamie gets, you know, Jamie MCs as the comedian brings comedy friends on, you know, musician friends. I bring some musician friends. We get MJ and my dad talking and, you know, we get MJ and my dad talking and everybody goes and, you know, takes a smoke break. Because we got, we, like, all right, there's 20 minutes. Yeah. All right, great. Uh, yeah, and somehow I, I, I somehow yeah. I bring <laughs> Phil back around. Yeah, so we let MJ wrangle, no, actually, wrangle so Phil funny. a little bit. Yeah, they go smoke and all of a sudden like... And they're like, okay, Phil, so, <laughs> so wrap it up. <laughs> it's like that, that Chappelle skit. Yeah. Wrap it up. Like, wrap it up, B. Wrap Yo, up. wrap it up. Uh, so, the, yeah, that's uh, – so we've done four or five of them, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Jamie and MJ. Have, it's another one of these, like, virtual, yeah. you know, pandemic friendships yep. Uh, yep. that you'll get to meet in real life tomorrow. Yeah, no, Jamie's – he's – when you – and he brings. He's got friends who like comedy writers. Like, right. like, it, it, like, literally, it fucking. He had the guy like, yeah, drop the chalupa on the last right, yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had the uh, uh, voiceover. Henry Ariza, yeah, 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 something yeah, like that. Yeah. He's like the guy who was the voice of the of the Chihuahua, the Taco Bell Chihuahua, and like <laughs> half the characters on The Simpsons. Right. And, right. Yeah. 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 Someone has to be, right? Somebody has to be, yeah. No, Somebody's uh, got to make money for no, what his, they do. <laughs> because he's been on every Somebody's show ever. Somebody's got to be able to buy a house in L.A. and get residuals. Yeah, straight. Are there residuals? Well, if only we had good voices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talent. <laughs> At least MJ's got a producer. <laughs> I'm legit. <laughs> I pay someone... <laughs> Welcome to the winemakers. If you've listened to this far, <laughs> order order with the code winemakers podcast and you get one percent off at Jason <laughs> Jeff Cohen Cellars. <laughs> All right, wow. what? Thanks for the, the plug. <laughs> Let's yeah, exactly. As long as we're shipping out of state. <laughs> Uh, You'll get two dollars off the tasting room for your tooth and nail. <laughs> should we should we bring it back around? Yeah, let's bring it back MJ, around. what is the one thing that you are most excited about uh, in the next two days hospice run? Oh man, um, being around people who um, are like minded in wine. Like so, something that was said a while ago, and then we've been drinking a ton. But like, what happened? I think during the pandemic was like, you know people talk about finding your tribe and I think um, we all kind of like found our tribe and so to be here with a bunch of like-minded people from around the world and um, just to get to shoot the shit I what do I do I, I don't I'll say what do I do for a living mm, that's that's really stretching it but I, I drink wine and talk shit and I just drink wine and talk shit and, and, and connect with people so that's where I'm really just most excited about cool Bart uh, you know just same same feel the same way i mean i'm just excited to be back at a a big tasting and 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 engage with people and uh you know let them ask some questions and 
you know, let the wines speak for themselves. And, and more, more than that is I want to get out and taste a bunch of wines. Like, I, I, it's not the greatest place in the world to taste wines, but just walking around and having well, the conversation. As a producer, no, as somebody who had to no, be... Come yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, it, standing in a room with 300 other people... It's not the best place to sit and seven hundred wines. Oh no, no, right? no! Like this, but, is, this is oh, this, oh, this is the way. <laughs> but, but this episode brought to you by the Paso Wine Group. Maybe I maybe I had to run this back He's and like, think about like, what I said. <laughs> Ooh, no. Did he just shit on Paso? <laughs> this is this is why we don't have sponsors on our show. <laughs> This podcast brought to you by. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a simple man. I'm just here to have a good time. <laughs> Jay Lover, my brother. Yeah, I'm like giddy with excitement because, you know, it's like I feel like I've kind of been. You said giddy. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, I said giddy. giddy. What? <laughs> um. No, I've 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 been like in my shell, you know, for the last couple of years and look out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. JC. Oh my gosh. You know what? I I have to agree with all of you to be able to go out there, taste people's wines, really get to see them, to hold conversations with people in person. Yeah. That's probably the 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 most important thing out of this whole event that's going to happen. Um, and and not have to see them on the internet with the Zoom or any of that, and really be able to give a hug. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah. To give a hug. Should we do it? Should we do it? Oh shit! So I gotta say what I'm excited for. Uh, I'm excited to go to a live auction that six years from now we can bring back the wine and be like, Hey, y'all remember when I bought this? <laughs> Let's drink it now. Aren't you excited? <laughs> That's it. Right. Oh shit! He just reminded me something. This, this, it will be, it will already have happened. But there is a black wine guy auction lot. There is. Woo! Yeah. And am I supposed to bring that down? No. Okay. We, we ship it later. I, I did. Feel I that. did. Right. I, I didn't. But I, I see there's a I, box over there. I, I can make one. I, <laughs> I think you have enough. And, and, and I brought and enough like, fucking wine. And and three of the four, pe- three of the winemakers that were generously donated are here. Um, so that's pretty fucking cool. Right. Oh, and and what you know what you're gonna get with that? You actually get a 30 minute IG live, so you can just you can roast me. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been more excited. Cab Franc is delicious. Cab Franc is delicious. Should try some of the so Cab Franc. The thing I love about this is we're all here for Rhone wines, and maybe this is like a thing that I've totally missed. Is we're all here for Rhone wines, and yeah, we talked about we're gonna be like grenached out by Sunday morning, but. Um, we're here. We're promoting our own wines. We're rodent, rodent, like, and the we geeked the hardest in the last, you know, two hours on a cab franc and a cab franc plan. Right, right. <laughs> and I, you know, just like, you know, you can't put us in a box. And and so I'm excited about that. I'm also so happy that. Um, St- oh. <laughs> Two oh, hours later, Brian Casey, the winemakers podcast. But wait, Brian walked in with wine and, look, and a glass, and it's half empty already. Brian, have you, Brian, have you ever been on the the Black on, Wine Brian, Guy Experience down. podcast? Come sit down. No sir. Brian, what are you most excited about? Ah! Brian, you holy shit! Showing up on time. Whoa! Look what he brought. 
Talk about <laughs> wait. We thought we were done. Things, <laughs> talk about things you shit, can't get. Shit just fucking <laughs> turn. We're not even an hour and a half. Oh, and we're definitely not talking any more shit about Gallo. <laughs> Dude. All right, we all just uh, some had a moment. What did we, what did we, we have here? some Randall Graham. Randall Graham. Shit. Oh, the new Randall Graham. Yeah, Graham. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Everyone's <laughs> like, shit, shit. <laughs> what did I do? So it's okay. Hey, hey. Burnsy, it's okay to dump shit out, man. This We're is some good radio, man. Good radio. Dude, just good radio. Radio. <laughs> if you've made it this far, you will also is probably. There there's a white too. There's, there's a rose. There's a rose. There's a rose. It's a but you gotta, you have to read movie. the fine print on the back of the grenache on the very bottom in tiny lettering right. that kind of explains. Hi, everyone. That kind of explains. Hey, um, has anyone ever had Donna Fagata Ben Rier dessert wine? Just uh, take that as a no. <laughs> oh, is this some I, 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 like I pour that shit on my cornflakes. Yeah, no, never. Okay. So, I don't even know what the hell that is. Exactly. It's, so he. He harvests the grapes and then okay. takes a portion of them and, and basically just leaves them on the ground for three days and then does a super gentle press. So I've never had Grenache that didn't have tannins. It's, it's kind of freaky. So, uh, this is really small, and maybe Woo! I'm just not as young as I used to be. And um, passelage is a technique allowing for the discrete drying of grapes, typically... And sush. I love it when you have a definition and you have to fucking look up the words in the definition. Too. <laughs> you remember? I love that. You're literally the youngest person here, and you can't read it. We're fucking Ryan, doomed. There's no <laughs> way. Okay, Randall, we love you. There's no way Randall can read this. I used. Yeah, I know. I saw him tonight already. Randall's there. all there. What the hell? Wow. Invite them all down. Crowd is there. Yeah, Randall just got some budwood from me from up at Rockpile. Where is he? For, for it's where? That stuff I brought from. Sam, he said bud. I brought some bud. He said wood. Who said it's the wrong bud wood? I was just happy I wasn't driving my own car. <laughs> but we did, we but did you really drive a car at all? I didn't drive anything. The white. I haven't tasted with the white. Holy shit. But the shit. white is technically a rosé. He calls yeah, it a pink wine. No. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, a, I'm it's sorry. I love Randall Graham. Tiburon, Tiburon, Tiburon. That's not a rosé, man. That is 35% since That's white. That's white wine. What you mean? It's rosé. And, and we know more about white wine. I know. Vin I, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, he could do whatever the fuck he wants to do, right? <laughs> like, like, literally, we're... we're in, this at, is a Gallo project. At, this is a, this the, is a Gallo wine. At the end of the day, the, we're, we're the here at Hospice Alliance. Rome because Randall, he's the fucking original yeah. Rome Ranger, right? Yeah. So, like, he can say what he wants. But it's, I can tell you it's delicious. I really hope people listen all the way to the end of the show. They, they will. <laughs> it's enthralling. Okay. <laughs> That's a great label. So, so, Brian, tell us where you've been for the last uh, oh my God. hour and a half. All right, so Dr. Nick Dokuzlin, Dokuzlian from Gallo has been talking about antiscions and, and, and cluster size and creating the, the best uh, way to accurately depict the highest quality grapes, and mostly it's due to color. Black wine guy. But I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> Some it people was a very racist uh, lecture <laughs> that he gave. 
and how to and how to get those color and how to get the color. In, I was born in, this way. Doesn't this isn't this Enologics? <clears throat> yeah, it sounds like Enologics. The phenolics, the whole right. profile. Totally. totally. Ferment it for four days at 95 degrees, it's, and then press it and hope that it goes dry. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I will tell you this: this right? Van, yeah. I, I will, I will give yeah. it Van Gris. I won't give it rosé, but this Van Gris yeah, is amazing. Yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. Like I said, it's very pretty. Yep. Try the and passage. And that on passage is. I can't wait to try that. Um, it is silky. Perfect. What's the vintage? 2020? I can't fucking... 2020, yeah. 2020. Yeah. I have to... I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the loosest um, winemaker's podcast that we've had. <laughs> my oh, my, shit, what did I miss? my bad. Uh, there is a... Ryan, there's 42 bottles of wine. <laughs> there's a through line to um, our infamous... Jeff, Jeff got Cohen, kind of excited. Jeff Cohn <laughs> And just started episode. pulling corks. <laughs> Well, they invited me over. Mr. Mr. Burns was like, "Open whatever you want." (laughs) It's not mine. (laughs) Mr. Burns was like, "Yo, yo, good thing it was plastic." Burns was like, "Excellent." The legend of Kevin Burns grows. <laughs> you know you are. I'm like, an enigma. I, you are, dude. dude. No, you are. <laughs> exactly. I thought sitting in the corner. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. He was like, I think I might open this. I, like, I, I think you should. There it is. If it's on the counter, it's fair. It's fair game, man. It's not open yet. Uh, first rule of black wine guy and winemakers pod um, mashup is there are no rules. <laughs> Second rule is open all the bottles. And a third rule is you wish you were here. Bottles should always outnumber guests. Hospice Road hasn't even officially started yet. <laughs> it started on January 1st. <laughs> It started. Right. It started when Vicky sent out that fucking email. Welcome to month four. Fucking hey. <laughs> Just when you thought it was safe to go home. Right. <laughs> I was talking to my my friend Brianne. She's a winemaker in Edna Valley. On Monday, because she's staying over this weekend, and yeah, about that. Yeah, we used to work together, and I'm just like, we said at the same time. It's I love all, all happening, <laughs> you know. It's totally production level high. It is all happening, all at once. I guarantee you, this is going to be a very popular episode. <laughs> it's, it's all happening <laughs> at the zoo. I see you guys. Forty-five minutes ago, yeah. I was like, you know what? Someone's at the way. I, I really hope well, that, that's that's disheartening because he's a loyal listener. And he's like, he was going to be the one. He was going to be the one. No parts of this shit. I mean, Brian Casey walked in, poured himself a glass, and then walked away. He's like, can't keep up with you guys. There literally is. There might be like 
25 bottles of wine. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, plus uh, some paquette. Plus the two in the fridge that are open. Plus the two in the fridge. So we're at 20. Yeah. Well, there's there's clearly... Brian. 20 people here, right? Yeah. Um, it's just a it's just a bottle for every person. Or two. Yeah. I'll see you guys. All right. All right. Hospice Daron. All right. Here we come. Hey, um, everybody. So, hey, for all you black wine guy listeners who have who may not be familiar, did I just go with the winemakers pod? Uh, uh, Sam, tell everybody where they can find you guys and how they can be a part of what you're doing. We are on uh, all of the podcast platforms, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple. I said that one. Uh, uh, Amazon. Um, the Wine Makers, three words. Um, thought it would be clever. And it turns out putting the in front of your sh- is terrible uh, SEO. But um, and we put out, we try and put out about an episode a week. We're not organized in doing seasons. And we, we basically I a, record I, I, and Again, we I have a producer. I would not even right. be organized that way. So yeah, no, shout we, out to you guys for doing this shit. We, we, and we just grab people and put them on the show on the back porch of my tasting room. And Obviously. Uh, obviously. And... and uh, and love to, you know, find people, you know, like people like Casey Graybell, you know, doing interesting things. People who are, you know, making a couple hundred cases as a side project. People, you know, we've had big winemakers, small winemakers, um, you know, in the epicenter, grabbing people and putting them on the show. And also give them your your uh, sixteen six hundred Instagram handle uh, and all that stuff too. So yeah. at sixteen, the word six hundred, the number. That's the the and grapes with a view is actually probably what I'm more active. That's my my yep. quote unquote personal Instagram account. Um, and uh, you know, come most importantly, come to Sonoma. Now that you know you're feeling comfortable traveling, put your mask on or not. Uh, who knows? And uh, ninety five it up and come see us in Sonoma. Yeah. And, and Bart, where can they find uh, you, man? At, at Dane Sellers. And uh, yeah, uh, come visit. Um, you know, we have a lot of fun with our podcast. Uh, Clearly, we had a uh, lot yeah. of fucking fun today. Um, MJ, thanks for doing this. Uh, today. No, thank you guys. You know, and 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 for and for all of our listeners that maybe have not listened to. MJ's um, get out there and check it out. Um, uh, MJ, why don't you give your yeah. uh, your important information? Yeah. So um, if you if you're not aware who I am, um, it's at Black Wine Guy on Instagram, and uh, you can just go. The podcast is called the Black Wine Guy Experience. But if you go to blackwineguy.com, um, there, you can listen to the show. You can get on the mailing list, and you can keep up with all the drinking I'm doing. And, and, and MJ's had some we're, – we're really focused on, you know, growers and winemakers. MJ's uh, focus has been things – a lot of hospitality people, a lot of just amazing personalities in the wine business. And uh, it, complimentary but totally different. Yeah. So you're in a, both the, out. We're in the epicenter of making and growing, and you're in the epicenter of – of selling it, which we, you know, drinking it and selling it. And, and if it wasn't for New York city, um, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing what we were doing the way we're doing. It. In fact, my f- first pallet of wine going to New York, uh, left today for the first time in two years. So right on, uh, man. Have, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be oh, back, and, in, well, back in well, the city. Well, you know, anybody like, you know, um, when you come through, we'll get you on the podcast proper. Like I said, in the beginning, we did the IG lies, but man, you know, you're fucking, you can stay at my house, whatever you need, bro. I got you. We'll be there. Follow, follow at Black Wine Guy. Listen to a show. 
Brian Casey, any uh, finishing thoughts? Parting shots? No. Brian is actually Brian is actually working. Yeah, he works. We're gonna we're gonna have fun and pour wine, and Brian is gonna work his ass off for the yeah. next forty eight hours. So shout out to the Psalms. Okay. And then I'll have fun. And then you'll take a nap. And then you'll work. And then I'll get And then you'll have fun. As long as I'm there the next morning. All right. Hospice to run. Cheers. It's happening. Cheers. 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 Drink more Grenache. We're out of here. Everybody just wanted to uh, make sure that we acknowledge the wonderful support of the Leffert and Burns Foundation. See what I did there, Jeremy, for you and Mel? I'm, ca- I'm podcasting your future, your future for you. But uh, thank you for making these uh, special episodes available to all the listeners. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. You had some fun while you were here. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list. 